is Trani Unicorn here with another fun episode and interview with another single woman unicorn in the sex positive lifestyle. I am with Peekaboo. Hello. So this is going to be a, a very casual, in-depth interview. I am actually learning the question, the answers to the questions at the same time as you. I actually haven't first asked her, you know, most of the stuff I would normally know about someone. So this is going to be uh, an educational journey for me too. And we are about to find or get our, ourselves a window into the lives of another single woman who is thriving in the sex club culture in Toronto. All right, Peekaboo, hello. Hello, hello. So why don't you get you? started? <laughs> I'm great. Why don't you get started by giving us a bit of your demographics and how long you've been in the lifestyle? All right. Well, I'm a 46-year-old woman. I am single just over a year now. Um, out of a 20-something year marriage, 30-something year long relationship. Um, no lack of a good sex life or anything, just lack of complete compatibility. So um, once I was single and moved out last uh, June, I had known about Oasis and kind of wanted to visit. Um, like I said, my ex and I had a great sex life, but he wasn't into PDAs or anything like that. Um, into, oh, PDA, sorry, PDA is what? Public displays of, att of affection? Gotcha. Things like that, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, going to a sex club and exploring that type of thing wasn't necessarily his um, ideal yeah. package. We did actually go to a club when we were, uh, before we were married and four kids, we explored that one night. He wasn't that comfortable. I was mm. like, ooh. Uh, we had gone to Jamaica, done a nudist beach, and then gone back to hedonism a year later, and I enjoyed, we enjoyed the nudist part of it, but again, didn't really play around that much outside of our own bedroom. So, fast forward to me being single. I had a friend who was interested in going to Oasis. Uh, she backed out um, so it was last August, actually got in the car about three different times, got all dressed up, got in the car, started to drive and went, no, turned around, finally did it on a newbie night, um, walked in by myself and went up to the smoking section, um, met um, TNT there and started chatting with them. And then from there, my journey began because those, that couple is extremely loving and accepting and open and loves being kind of a tour guide and ambassadors to the club. So they were a great introduction for me. They helped me feel safe and accepted. And then just the more I went, the more safe and accepted I felt. Um, then I met some of you lovely ladies and then explored, met another um, sub and we connected and have talked every day since. Um, so yeah, then started going to M4, X Club here and there. And yeah, I've just been having a lot of fun since. All right, so this is interesting. So you are coming up to your year anniversary of this lifestyle, yeah. and you must have some reflection on what you thought it would be and what it has been. And why don't you give us that comparison? I thought I would go in and I would just feel so self-conscious about myself and I wouldn't be able to connect with anybody. Um, you know, I, I'm a 46-year-old woman. I've had two C-sections. I have a bit of a floppy belly. Um, I never, you know, I've got big boobs, but I never thought of them as nice. I used to think I had a nice ass, but not so much anymore. I thought I'd be going in and seeing all these beautiful people and this and that and just be intimidated. Um, but what I walked into, especially at Oasis, is just an environment of love and acceptance and just so many different types of people and body types and representations of who they want to be. 
And I have never felt more beautiful or accepted in my life. I've never been told how beautiful I am in like the 30 years that I was with that man. You know, I've never had somebody go, look at those boobs. How come you've been hiding them all the time? Like just the self-confidence from that. But it's not just about the physical confidence because it ends up boosting your mental confidence as well. Right? Like sometimes what people see on the outside um, can be reflected on what you feel on the inside because when you start to feel that kind of, you know, like I am beautiful. And I also get, you know, that like just my energy is beautiful. And so just feeling that from people, like the energy all around me is what brings out the beauty. Right. So my expectations were kind of, I feel like, and I wouldn't get any attention and I wouldn't meet anybody and I wouldn't talk to anybody. It's opened up a world of friendships and playmates and um, experiences that I haven't had before. Um, Gotten to explore more of my kinks and find out what I like, what I don't like. And yeah. It's It's funny, eh? The the lifestyle, you didn't mention a lot of sex in that. And it's funny because this lifestyle, people think you walk in and it's a bunch of orgies. And it's not really. I mean, if you walk into Club M4 at like, you know, 1 a.m., yeah, it might be a bunch of fucking orgies back there. But it's really not. And you, it's funny to hear that you thought it would be intimidating, that you would feel like an outsider, that it would be uh, basically not a, a more not as inviting of an environment and so then you come in and you get the treatment that i'm telling you if you get look listen to every podcast interview i've done especially with single women they say the same thing they walk in and they felt differently in their bodies within a few minutes within a few hours and it lasts it's in you you feel it you absorb the fact that you're seen as accepted and no matter where that flappy skin is doesn't matter. Yeah. It is literally you. Absolutely. You are a human. You are a, you are a soul having a human experience and uh, bring what you got because you got to learn to thrive with whatever it is that held you back before. For me, it was plus mm-hmm. size. I hated my legs. I went 30 fucking seven years of my life hiding my legs. And mm. you know what? I have never felt more sexy in a little pair of boots and a little mini skirt and it's not because my legs are smaller, you know? No, but it's because you bought those mini skirts. Yeah, and it's because, because I finally just accepted my body because everybody else does too. It's literally like people yeah. look at you with acceptance. And uh, you don't get yeah. that in mainstream society. You know, you color a little bit outside yeah. of their lines and they're, 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 not all, they're all up in your shit. So, um, yeah, so I'd love to hear right. that story. And it's a, it's a similar one, too. So I hope that people take some inspiration from that, that this lifestyle could be more about you coming home to yourself, you falling in love with yourself, yeah. and the rest will just follow. So, Yeah. All right. I, I want to... Some people are like, oh, what do you go to the, to the club for? What are you here for tonight? And I'm like, no, I really do never... Unless I'm actually going to meet somebody in particular, I do not go to play. I go to meet up with friends. And then if I happen to connect with somebody the play will happen. But I just, I really go for the environment. And that M4 and X Club, I've only been to a couple times, but it's, I go for my friends mm-hmm. and then the sex may or may not happen, but it's more about the environment rather than, you know, yeah, rather than the, the thing. Although that is, that's awesome and that sounds like me too I I even told my uh a guy I'm dating I'm like look I don't need you to be a hardcore swinger I don't need you to be you know into everything I'm into I just need to be around these people and I need to be in this lifestyle and that was like my hard limit so (laughs) yeah Um, exactly yeah and people ask me that too right whether you get into relationships and I was like well I don't need necessarily 
the poly, the ENM. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. need that, but I do enjoy, I want somebody that will be like, yes, you can go to Oasis. I'll join you. I won't join you. Whatever our parameters are, but I need somebody that will accept the fact that you guys are, that I have friends there and an environment there and a community there and it's not going to change. Yes, exactly. It's true. Because I would still go there even if I wasn't open to playing with somebody because my friends are there and I want to watch and that's a completely valid reason. Even though I do get some comments on my channel or something about, you know, like people, only swingers should go. Don't tell non-swingers to go to these clubs because they're wasting our time. And I'm like, who who are you to say who's allowed to be in this fucking club? So I guess it's just, yeah. it's interesting the sense of entitlement some people think they have about who should be allowed to, to socialize in a sex club. So I just want to get that out of the way that there's a lot of valid reasons to socialize in a sex club and it doesn't have anything to do with whether you fuck. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. So tell me more about the sex because this is a podcast, which means we are not censored at all. You are allowed to say the big girl words and uh, you don't have to use any special acronyms or anything like that. So you said you had a good sex life in a very long marriage, which sounds like a successfully, you know, good phase of your life. And then you came and you were suddenly on your own and you could do the things that you couldn't have done with your partner, such as explore, you said, you know, public displays of affection. So being a bit of an exhibitionist, going to these clubs and beyond. So what have you accomplished in that year? Well, so, um, well, we did kind of play around with like sub dom type of stuff in our bedroom, uh, never really got into impact play or anything like that. So that was something that I really, really wanted to experience. I've been interested in it since I was probably too young to be interested in it. Like, you know, I remember being on the chat rooms, on the computers and the dungeons there and, you know, being a slave and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so, but I never really got to experience the floggers, the crops, the being tied to the crops. So luckily the couple that I met on my first day, that is what they are into. (laughs) They are both actually switches. Um, So in becoming friends with them, I was able to get my first impact play. So accumulated my first set of bum makeup, as I call it. Bum makeup, Um, (laughs) that's cute. That's cute. Bum makeup, Uh, because it's, it's, yeah, it's makeup and I enjoy wearing it. so I've been able to kind of explore things like that. I've been able to gain the confidence to be like, you know, in the pool, just kind of make eyes with that guy and be like, you know what? Yeah, let's go upstairs and play, like where I wouldn't necessarily wouldn't have done that before. Yeah. Um, so having that, like, just those exciting moments of small pleasures um, yeah. with people that you wouldn't necessarily expect to have pleasures from. Um, making new friends, right? And then... Those friends are sometimes they become playmates. I have one friend that I, you know, we met again. It just happened to be in the smoking section, and it was just kind of like we were chatting, chatting, chatting. A whole bunch of people were around us. Everybody left, and it was just me and him. And we kind of looked at each other, and we're like, "Hi, hi. What do you like? What do you like? Oh, I like that too. Okay, come sit over here." And then we got kicked out because we were making out in the smoking section. You're allowed to do that. <laughs> but now it's he's become a regular play partner. But I've also enjoyed the fact that I can have him as a play partner and he plays differently than another play partner that I've recently met. Yeah. So this play partner that I recently met enjoys being a dom. So I have some nice, a nice dom to explore new things with. Um, and then I have the other guy who's not necessarily a dom, but a lot more essential. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I can have you tonight. And then I can have you tomorrow night, mm-hmm. and then I can have you the next night. And then if I happen to be at the club and see you, 
I can have you too. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And it's lovely because I've always kind of been a slut. And I've always been called out for being a slut. Yeah. And I've always said I enjoy being a slut. And now I can really just own it. Yeah. And nobody judges me for it. It's true. Now you can put it on a shirt and wear it proudly in that club, right? Like, um, that's why I, I have to, I always do these little uh, shout outs to my to my various stuff, but I like to make sex clothing. And so I do have some slight proud slut categories on the swingershop.com, literally a, a slut category so that people can wear something proud that says I'm daddy's little slut or like, I, you know, whatever it is, because we are able to thrive, especially as women in these clubs yeah. in a different way than society ever told us was allowed. So. Right? Like, I walk into, right now I have, I have bruises on my boobs from bites. I have bruises on my ass from, from the whip. And then I have red burn on my elbows from somebody else. And I'm, like, <laughs> proud to walk into all wow. And the first thing my friend said to me yesterday was, like, who are the rug burns from? And I was, like... Oh, yeah, that's because we didn't make it to the bed. And I'm not ashamed of it. I'm yeah. like, yeah, this is from him. These are from him. These are from him. Yeah. Maybe I'll have some more from him. And again, I'm, I'm able to kind of service all my different needs, and I'm finding out all the different... Well, I mean, I always knew the things that I liked, but now I'm able to get those sexual things that I like, like being yeah. whipped and flogged and whatever by this guy, um, having my pussy licked for a fucking half an hour by this guy, and then, like, just making out in the front door because that's as far as we've gotten because he just happened to walk into my house right then, you know, for 10 minutes with that guy and then yeah. not making it to the bed. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. <laughs> I want to drill in on the topic of ass makeup because I am a currently, like I am never going to kink shame anyone, but I am an, a, a little bit of a researcher. And so I like to ask questions to help other people who might not understand what is the appeal in you? What is the joy? Where does it come from when you get your ass hurt or, or marks of bruises or things like that? I guess it's just kind of a sense of pride that I took it. I guess it's kind of a self-mentality maybe. Um, I enjoy knowing because when the Dom is giving you that type of pleasure, like you know that you're pleasuring him. And it's kind of, it turns into kind of the more I can take, the more I can show what I can take and I can make my dom proud, but I also really enjoy it. And I also know my limits, right? Like yeah. I stop when it hurts too much. I'm not like my, my, so, yeah. um, but then just having the marks after, I don't know. And that feeling after brings back the memories, yeah. like sitting down the next day and being like, <sighs> right. Or like looking in the yeah. mirror and being like, yeah, that's going to bruise a little, a little faster now, uh, or a little deeper, like tomorrow I know I'll see it more. So they're positive know, memories, like memories. they literally are the trigger of warm and positive memories of the attention you got from the dynamic where you got to fulfill your submissive needs, right? Because I know that mm -hmm. need, that's why I liked face fucking. Uh, the more he took, the more I could give. And that's why I asked them to be rough because I was like, don't go easy on me because then you're not giving me what I want. Yeah. And that, that when that primal... It's like that, that when that primal need comes out, like when you're getting face sucked, right? And, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they're like, they grab your hair and they're like, oh, right? Like, and it's just kind of like, you know, yeah. they need you right then and there. Yeah. They're like, oh my God, I can't get enough. And they like, and it just kind of sets you off. Like yeah. I, 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 well, I told you and you want to see me in action, but I have orgasms from giving blowjobs. I, uh, interesting. I enjoy it so much. Yeah. You can ask them, uh, you can ask them, um, uh, sexy and squirty because okay. she's seen me she asked her about the Irish guy uh, 
That's amazing. I, to orgasm for the blowjob. I love to service. Um, and then I love being, and then also, but I mean, when you're, when you're lying on the bench and you're being a sub and you're getting whipped, you're also being serviced. Yeah. Like I, you're kind of, you're, you're still in control and it's still about him giving you pleasure. Yeah. And I don't know. I just, I really enjoy the pain. I enjoy the pleasure. I I submit to it. I relax into it. Um, Mm -hmm. like, so the other night, the, the new Dom that I met, um, he had, uh, massage whip mm-hmm. so like a horse whip right so it's like a long kind of crop handle and then it has like a little string whip at the top okay and for some reason every snap of that on my body was like an orgasm with every stroke Ooh, it was fucking hot like it was so good wow. and as he's doing that it's like so much pain but so much pleasure at the same time and then he stops and like just like bites my ass and i'm just like over the edge wow that's hot. Because of how I'm reacting to how he, what he's doing, that it gets him so yeah. primal yeah. that he just, like, has to bite me, and then that makes me more excited because I know I've gotten him more excited, and you know what I mean? Yes, I do. That sounds like a fun dance and sex, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, So, and that's what it is when giving blowjobs, too, right? Yeah. The more, the more, the more wet you get, the more it's dripping down your face, the more they're excited, the more you can hear them breathe, the more excited it gets me, and then it just, yeah, it's true. And that's what, so when I was new to the lifestyle, I didn't understand the Dom submissive stuff still. Like I knew, I knew people liked it, but I didn't really understand the submissive side. Um, but then I got to know it and then I started to ask for it and then I started to get some experiences and now I love the dynamic. I think, um, I'm currently exploring the princess by day, slept by night dynamic, which is basically being treated like a little princess all day and like being, you know, treated like very, you know, like, I like, I like deserving of like the world. And then when it's sexy time, you know, feel free to use me like your dirty little slut. Like, it is just a whole thing about the Dom kind of sub thing that is new for me in this in this manifestation. But it's similar in the fulfillment because I want to be yeah. used like a dirty little slut and to earn the princess, you know? And then I want to earn the slut. And then you also have to be comfortable with giving, with being a princess and being pampered and being mm. catered to by your dog because that can be an uncomfortable dynamic yeah. for some people. Like, I'm not used to necessarily that just because of, you know, X and whatever my life traumas are that we have, right? Yeah. But um, so to have even, like, the dom that I literally just, like, started talking with and playing with, and I've seen him, like, three times in the last, like, four nights, but he asked me one of the first questions because, of course, you have that conversation with somebody that you're going to be playing with, yeah. especially impact play. You always have conversations about, you know, limits and this and that. What are your expectations? What are your roles? What do you like? What do you not like? And his question to me was, what about aftercare? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I've actually never had anybody offer me aftercare. Mm-hmm. I've had dom sessions. They haven't lasted long enough necessarily for me to have, like, sub drop or anything like that. But the people that I've had it with haven't necessarily given me the aftercare. And um, he was like, oh, okay, that's not all right. We're going to be doing aftercare. And then I said to him, because he was like, I said, you know, what are your expectations of me in this dynamic, like, today? Anyways, because it changes mm-hmm. scene to scene, right? Mm-hmm. I said, I just, I don't really want it, because I've had a dom kind of interrupt his play with me by, like, coming and, like, putting his dick in my face and being like, oh, do you want to, like, suck on me now? And I'm like, I'm in the middle of, like, yeah, trying to submit 
I don't want, that's not, but again, but it wasn't discussed before and whatever, so. And then you honestly feel kind of pressured to engage in what he wants, because I'm like, he's doing what I want. Yeah. So I got to do something what he wants, and then I was like, and then I kind of stopped playing with that person. Rather than talking to him, which I probably should have. Right. Gotcha. Because so that could just I, be a conversation that says, hey, you know, when I'm in that zone, I, the last thing I want to do is work. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. Right. So mm-hmm. I was like, OK, with this guy, we're going to have that upfront conversation. And I said to him when I'm, you know, if we're going to be doing this tonight, I'm not reciprocating now. Yeah. I will reciprocate, yeah. <laughs> but not in that scenario. And he looked at me and he's like, well, this scenario is about you. It's not about me anyway. Oh, so that's fine. Okay. Which was, right? Yeah. He wasn't expecting me to, like, for him to take out his dick while he's, like, whipping me and have him suck it. So okay. I was like, thank you. Appreciate that. Interesting. And then I reciprocated the next time. Yeah. Interesting. Which <laughs> that's awesome. But it's, and then, hmm? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then I even need to have a further conversation because sometimes it seems like um, they feel that, like, after the impact session, they kind of need to end it with like fingers in my pussy or like the, a toy or something like that and I'm gonna like say you know what no I actually don't need that all the time I don't always need to be brought to climax like yeah. that way I can just enjoy the impact session and you can just kind of warm me down yeah. and then give me some aftercare but I don't always need that I just I don't know some girls don't end also the g-spot thing yeah I'm not a g-spot spoiler. don't do this to me I, I don't need I don't like it. I don't want it. Won't try it. I've said it, and guys will still do it. And I literally stop them, and I'm like, no. But you can do it like four fingers, but just in and out. And I've learned to speak up for myself because yeah. so many guys, again, they want to go for that G spot squirt. Not all of us are G spot squirters. I've actually sent a text to somebody or a TikTok to somebody that explained it. Yeah. For some of us, it's uncomfortable. Because I'm not I a squirter like either. And I don't I don't like when men are aggressive about trying because yeah. I don't even want to try. Like, don't. That's not my pleasure center. That's not how I do it. Yeah. So. Some, exactly. And they're like, oh, but if I do it differently, no. I know. They're like, well, yeah. I'm the guy. I'm like, well, you know, no means no. So have you learned that lesson? Because, you know. Um, you know what's really interesting is what I'm hearing is something that me and some of my other girlfriends have started to really absorb, which is learning to actually ask for what we want, not take what we can get. And that means even yeah. in sex, when you get a random dick that wants to be sucked, you know what? Maybe up until your 45th birthday, that would have been something you just sucked. But now we're like, you know. In this, I would yeah. like this. And, you know, and anyone who wants to be a good partner, who wants to please, needs to be given the fucking map. And if you say it, it, dis- it detracts from my pleasure to have to suck a dick in the middle of a scene, then it's in their best interest yeah. not to get their dick in your face. Right. So sometimes exactly. it's just about how yeah. you word it, <laughs> you know, but. The, the, the sentiment is the same, is that you are learning to chisel away at the sex and, and get exactly what you want and at least be accountable yeah. for the fact that you asked for it. I mean, you know, you can't just expect somebody to know. And that's my biggest thing is people just go and, and they meet and have sex and then they like report about each other's skills. And I'm like, you if you didn't have a talk about sex, you're just bumping uglies like that. You're just doing your best. And that's it. But until you know what someone wants, you cannot be a good lover because just because you fucked a certain girl or a certain guy a certain way doesn't mean the next one wants it. 
Yeah, or even the next time. So that's another, it's funny. So the one guy, one of my friends with benefits, but um, I actually didn't meet him in the lifestyle. Met him like on OkCupid or whatever. Mm-hmm. Time that we had sex, I was like, mm, I don't know. This guy's kind of like, meh, right? And he actually had said to me, you know, this is our first time having sex together. I'm still getting to know you. Like, so just keep that in mind. Like, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like, I was like, okay, whatever. The second time, better. The third time, I looked at him and I was like, you know what? You earned this. And he's like, what? And I said, gracias, papacito. And I don't say daddy to anybody. <laughs> awesome. But he had made a joke before about his name being papacito. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, you earned that. Like, it took three time yeah. for us to get to know each other and then each time has gotten better and better because we also are talking more we're exploring more right we're like learning what each other likes and it's very much we very much like what each other likes yeah whereas with my ex we were 18 when we met he had had two girls before me i had had however many guys before him he blew my mind the moment he touched me mm-hmm. like the moment that he touched me i'll still never forget it we were on the porch at my parents house he went to like finger me and I just looked at him and I was like, and it took three months for him to do anything with me because he was very shy. And I was like, where the fuck have you been for the last, like what, why, why? Like, and how is this like just natural talent? Wow. And he just meshed immediately. Wow. So that can happen sometimes, but sometimes yeah. you have to kind of take a step back and be like, you know what? This is the first time we met. And if you connect as people, you'll want to do it again, right? Yeah. And then hopefully it'll just getting better. It's so true. And I, I, even for me with a current partner I'm, uh, I'm sleeping with now, I have different blowjobs than I have had blowjobs for the last few years. And I'm very excited about the change because this partner doesn't need the same things as other partners. So he said that, yeah, I could deep throat him if I want to, but he really gets the most pleasure from the first little bit of his dick. So if I don't actually want to gag on his dick, it doesn't give him any value. So then suddenly I'm stopped right. gagging on dick. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm not doing this for me. I was doing this for you. So if you yeah. don't want that, then I don't need to do that. And I'll just give him a more customized blowjob for what he likes. And right. that, like, thank goodness for good communication, right? Like, otherwise I'd be gagging all over this guy's dick and he'd be like, Who, what's this girl doing? You know? <laughs> no, told, and that's actually really funny that your guy has said that because I've never heard that from anybody else until there was one guy that I was chatting with on, on set and we just kind of kept liking each other's pictures and stuff. And then finally we're like, okay, we'll meet up at M4 one night. Um, and he said the same thing to me. He's like, I don't need, and he had a, a big dick. Like mm-hmm. he was maybe like six and a half, seven. And I, I'm sorry, I think that's big because yeah. five is average, right? Yeah. So he was like six and a half, seven. But he was like, I don't need a, I don't need you to go deep. He's like, three inches is good. He's like, just like right down here, just past the head. That's all I need. And I was like, oh, okay. Fine, that's good because I, I do like to go deep. I like to get messy. This I'm like, but if that's what you need, I did not play with him again. He was quite the peacock. I called him because mm. he just really wanted to stand up on the edges of the bed and just get blown. Uh, Although he did chain me up to the pain and like with my tits, which was nice. But yeah, yeah, I didn't play with him again. Yeah. But that was the only guy that ever kind of said that because every other mm-hmm. guy, a lot of guys, I found the throat punch, mm-hmm. which I don't necessarily like if you're not expecting it. Can you, you know explain I mean? that? Punch? Can you explain that? The throat punch? So, like, they grab your head, and then they just, like, thrust really hard, like, right into the back of your throat. Gotcha. Okay. Right? But sometimes with warning, sometimes it's part of what you're doing, but sometimes it's not. 
and it's just like I yeah I don't like some guys really like it I don't necessarily need to be like I don't mind going deep but I don't need to be punched in the back of my throat yeah yeah that's like, a good yeah, point like unexpected. I think if you're in the middle of like getting ride dolled but it's funny I've only ever had one man fate try to face fuck me without permission and I remember in the middle of it thinking I am never fucking this man again Mm, yeah but yeah. see but do you stop like we tend not to stop we tend to be like no, oh i'm telling you it'll be over with you know maybe up until i was 38 i wouldn't stop but now yeah. i would stop now i would but you know it's true up until yeah. recently i i would have just people pleased till a cum shot and i remember once i was in the locker room of oasis and and i was saying something well i'm like well he wasn't done yet and some girl interrupted me she's like you don't have to wait for his cum shot for you to be done and i remember being awesome. like you know i understand but i guess i didn't really think that before and the truth is yeah. It's true. I just got guilted about blue balls, but a lot of guys say that's bullshit. Yeah. So it's true. And it's kind yeah. of mind opening to think if it's not going well, I actually am not obligated. I didn't sign anything. Like I can take off. Yeah. And I actually, it was, there was one guy like way back at the beginning. So I guess like last summer and I was talking to a lot of people on set life and this and that. And, you know, people were coming over. I was having my fun. And this one guy I didn't really vet him that well, I guess, and I kind of learned my lesson from that. Like, we chatted a little bit, I'd seen his pictures, and then I even spoke to him on the phone, and even on the phone, I was kind of like, mm, mm. I don't know, but I let him come over. Uh, and as soon as he walked in the door, and not that, he, not that I thought anything malicious of him or anything, mm -hmm. but I just knew, I was like, there is not gonna be a connection here, right? Yeah. So I let him come in, he went upstairs, and as soon as he started to kiss me on the bed, I literally stopped and I was like, Sorry, George, this isn't going to work. Yeah. And that was, like, the first time I, re like, I really, I was just like, no. And he was like, and it was like, I didn't, I knew I'd let him on. I knew I'd let him come to my house. I knew he'd driven, like, fucking 45 yeah. minutes to get to my house. But I was like, I'm not going to go through with this because I know yeah. this isn't going to work. Yeah. So he ended up talking for, like, an hour after. Well, that's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> And at that moment, I was kind of like, you know what? I really am in control. Yeah, you are. I can yeah. invite these people over to my house. Like, I can do this. I can go there. I can. But I am in control. I can say no. Yeah. And it doesn't matter at what point. It's I can true. still say no. It's true. Yeah, I wouldn't endure bad yeah. sex anymore. I wouldn't. It, it would be. I wouldn't be mean necessarily or like mean spirited or, or like hurtful or rejecting, but I would exit the situation now. I just wouldn't go through with it. And there's some, I used to do coaching for some, some couples. Um, it, you know, I do some private consulting for swinger couples that are looking for a fast track education. Um, you know, all it takes is you going to a swing club, getting too drunk and over touching people you're not supposed to before you get scared shitless. And that's when people usually yeah. like call me. Um, my website, yeah. ChinaUnicorn.com has contact info if you're looking for that it is uh, rare that I offer that but it is available uh, so you can imagine it's priced accordingly but basically some of the feedback I got was the people pleasing has been an issue for some of these couples and they're like it was mind-blowing I have to tell you the scenario so there was a lovely couple and the woman was saying how she doesn't like the idea of sucking another guy's dick. She's not in this lifestyle. She doesn't want to explore for that. She wants to get other women and experiment with women. And she wants to have that woman fuck her husband. And so she kept okay. saying, like, how do I, you know, what do I do, you know, to get through the blowjob? And I was like, what do you mean, what blowjob? 
And she's like, well, don't I have to give the husband, like the other husband, a blowjob? And I said, well, first of all, if you're not looking for a man, you don't need a couple. You need a woman. And not, first of all, she was like, like mind blown, um, right? Because yeah. anyone who's new to the lifestyle, they might think it's only couples. There, um, there's a lot of people out there who think swinging is couples. And when I see definitions out there floating on the internet that say that, I want to like correct them. But um, I remember like it was, and I said to her, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do in this lifestyle. It's, this is no, you know, you, you might want to people please in a grocery store lineup, but not here, not when there's a dick to be yeah. sucked involved. Um, and so it's funny how liberating it can be from even very ingrained patterns of people pleasing in this lifestyle when yeah. you start to flex those muscles of, ah, actually, no, you get better at that in life, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Risk taking, right? It's like when you're teaching your child to climb the steps of the highest ladder on the uh, playground, that risk that they're taking actually helps them in the rest of their life to be able to yeah. gauge and assess the risks that they want to take. Yeah. So those little life lessons, like I said, that little bit of boost of confidence that I've gotten just from just that physical appearance, but then also like, you know, yeah. I mean, I get told I'm a nice person too, so there's that. But it all reflects, and I think the fact that, yeah, I've just become more comfortable in my skin and who I am and just, yeah, more confident. It's yeah. really, I've become more confident in other aspects of my life, too. Yeah. yeah. I, I highly recommend, like, when everybody, whenever anybody's like, I'm down, I feel this, I feel that, I'm sad, and then I'm like, go to Oasis. Yeah. <laughs> just go chill in the pool. Just go. You don't have to have sex with anybody. You don't have to do anything like that, mm -hmm. but just go chill and Take a name, but empower yourself because it really yeah. is. And we it have really um, we have we have many examples of this in other podcast interviews. Arnold Lane comes to mind. Teddy comes to mind. These are the gentlemen, many women who who took a chance. They stepped out of their comfort zone. Some of them literally were so nervous they they like could have thrown up, and it was the best thing they ever did for the rest of their lives. And it so most of it doesn't even have to do with sex. So there yeah. is something about being in a lifestyle of accepting non-judgmental people that makes you yeah. believe in your own heart that you are not as judgmental on your own body because you can't be about others either. You can't walk in there and be a bitch or kind of be people and be like, hey, like that girl has said, you know, you, you are the wrong person yeah. if you get caught doing that. It is not even allowed at Oasis to criticize people or kink. So Right? Well, there's a, there was a female couple there last night and both big, beautiful women, and I kept wondering why. And they're regulars there, too. And But they would go into the water clothed and then take off their stuff, mm. and I felt like going up to them and being like, just kind of just get there. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, you guys are amazing. Like, just, you know, everybody yeah. here. It doesn't really matter. But I'm just like, just everybody, just free the nipples. Like, yeah. men, women, whomever. The nipples, well, free yourself. It's funny because I'm not a nudist. I'm also not a sexual exhibitionist, which a lot of people find surprising. But when I first went to Oasis, I had never even been naked in a change room. I had avoided it for all of my life to the point where I failed grade nine gym because I strategically kept forgetting my gym clothes so that I didn't have to change. There's a morbid yeah. fear in some people about being naked in front of other people. And so, luckily, it's just usually a temporary phase in your life. But when I went to Oasis yeah. and had to take off my bra in front of people was the biggest yeah. thing I had done for myself. 
And that's just it is like going into this lifestyle, you really do take the layers off and they're, they're metaphorical as well as physical. So yeah, I'm taking the bra, yeah. but I'm also taking off this layer of, of wall or protection of, you know, whatever I insulated myself in from the world. And then when you take that off and you go and you see smiling faces and accepting people, and then you, you know, you basically mm-hmm. kind of absorb that into your skin every time you go. How could you not be changed for the better, right? Yep, yep. And I always say it's amazing to me the vulnerability that comes out in people, like the conversations that we have in the smoking section or in the pool, yeah. like just what, we, like with a total stranger. And, and I, I find it's okay, it's usually a girl thing anyways. Like I find women can talk to women about most things, like the conversations that come out of our mouths when you've just met somebody can be mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. But uh, like you'll know my soul and my tragic childbearing story and everything within like two minutes of meeting me but I find like men and women just and like and whoever you know whoever happens to be there whatever gender they are whatever journey they're going through there's always a safe place to share that and yeah. uh, for I don't find as much because it's more of a club environment and you kind of tend to stick to who you're there with mm-hmm. for me anyways I haven't explored it that much um I mean, I've been there, but I usually tend to stick with the people I am. But at Oasis, because you're in the pool or in the smoking section, yeah. um, those stories that come out is you're sitting there with people and what people will talk about and what they get balls about their life and what they're going through. And I'm just yeah. like, I wonder if it's just because you're already that vulnerable and stripped down anyways yeah. that those other things are falling out. But, um, true, but yeah, no, it's... it's it's a great place, yeah. I'm going to recount a yeah, story okay. that uh, is Amelia's to tell eventually again. But basically, we, we go to the club a lot, and she's she's welcome wagon Amelia. She likes to have interactions, if, if they have chemistry, with people who are new to the club, right? Like, she likes that vibe. Yeah. And I, yeah. she is. And I remember there was this one guy who showed up there and he showed up on the wrong night. He showed up on a DTF down to fuck night. It was his first time there. He didn't even know such a club existed. He thought it was like a strip club. Like he was mind fucked and he was on the smoking section. I happened to see him. I gave him a bit of coaching and chatting and, you know, throughout the night, Amelia and him got to, you know, more warm. And basically she took him upstairs and they had this experience and, and had great sex. And, and basically his story is that he had been in a long marriage and that basically a month before he had been like left by his wife and he has a kid that he has to share and he's in that he was in that funk of who the fuck am I and what the fuck do I do? And I, I yeah. read that on him so fast. Like I got goosebumps right now. I read that on him so fast and I couldn't let him leave that club so fucking mind fucked because this, this thing I knew could change his life. And then when he went and had sex with Amelia, I remember I was up there and I had candy because we were in the orgy room. And I remember like putting candy in people's mouths as they were fucking like it was hilarious. And at one point he was fucking her and he just said, I can't believe I just came alive again. Like you brought me back to life. And then then he, like, I still get goosebumps. That man left that place a different man. And it was because right? what this lifestyle can do if you go in and you're gentle with people and, you know, people, even men, even big buff men can be terrified on the inside. And you've got to treat everybody with, with kid gloves in a way to be like, you don't have to do anything. You can just watch. Like, and that's what I mean is like yeah. when, I, when I kind of gave him the coaching and let him go, he, he walked out of there cured of something that was haunting him. I, can, I believe it. And he said so. And then he also said it was one of the best days of his life to us. And then before right? he left, yeah. so yeah, yeah, I've heard that a lot. Here with like, 
just like women, you go in there with the sincere um, intention of just seeing what it's about without the expectations. Because mm. the problem is, right, people come in with the, which we've all experienced, the expectations of where's the sex? Yeah. I'm here for this, I'm here for the sex. And, and that's another place where I've learned to like, and I actually was kind of ashamed of myself the other night because I should have said something more and I should have said something to security, but I'm still learning to kind of confront people a bit more, right? So there was mm-hmm. this guy, I was waiting to begin my scene with my new friend and new dom. Um, so I was literally like ass up on the bench, right? And all the instruments are up beside it. And he had just gone to the restroom and this guy had been kind of coming in and out of the dungeon and he walked in when I walked in and sat down and literally like spread his legs and started playing with himself. And he's like, hey. And I was like, and he had a beer in one hand, right? Cock in the other hand. So I'm like, okay, you're fucking drunk. So I looked at him and I said, no. And I walked out. And he's like, hey, hello. Like calling after me. And I'm like, no. And I just walked away. Then I came back and he came back because he walked out and then comes back again. So I just turned my back on him this time. What I should have done was turned around and said, no, and I'm telling security, Yeah. right? But I didn't. I just turned my back on him. So I guess he got the, I saw him in the mirror. He left. So then I'm sitting, I perched myself up on the bench again. And luckily there was another girl who was facing the other way because all of a sudden I hear the girl go, you're too fucking close. You need to back the fuck up. Yeah. And I turn and he, all I see is like, and he whips away. So he had literally come up right beside me with his cock out. And I was like... And I was ashamed of myself in a way because I was like, I should have spoken up right away and I should have gone to security right away and I should have said something right away. But I didn't, right? So the next time, pardon? Yeah, I understand that, yeah. Yeah, Uh, so I don't know who else he bothered. And that's the thing too, right? Okay, he was bothering me, but now I've let him go on and bother other people. So I should have said something. Um, And I should have even been more firm myself. I'm still learning that. But then this other guy came... And he had chatted to me before, and him and his wife, were, I could already tell, were kind of out of, on whatever they were on, and out of whatever they should have been, right? Because uh, they were already, like, she was giving him a blowjob in the locker room and stuff. They were, like, in the pool, fooling around, like, just way too over the top. They can't, and he said to me, actually, he said, you know, if you want to come find us later, and I was like, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, still waiting for the same scene, so this is, like, the second person now, Um just, he, I look over because I hear them and I, so the guy sitting on the bench and the girl's, his wife is giving him a blowjob. So I'm like, okay. So I'm watching because I like to watch and we make eye contact and I smile and then he does this to me, come over. And I was like, no, you know, very politely. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm playing. I'm, I'm literally waiting for somebody. And he's like, and I was like, no, I'm literally waiting for someone. I'm busy. And all of a sudden, in like a flash, I, I almost felt like it was like, you know, like a jump scare in like a scary movie. All of a sudden, he's like up and in my face with his cock. And he's like, no, I know you want some. Oh, my God. And luckily, again, the girl he was behind, because I said, I said no. And this time, I was firm. Yeah. I was like, I said no. I almost punched him in the stomach. Yeah. The girl behind me was like, she said no. And then my dom walked in, and he was like, what the fuck's going on? Get the fuck out. The wife pulled him away, and he went and told security. Luckily. Yeah. The wow. dom. That's good. But it's just, like, the two extremes, right, of, like, yeah. you meet those lovely men who come in with the right intentions, who you can guide and make sure they walk out with their esteem, feeling high and everything, and then you have, like, the dumbasses. They're the ones that can give the clubs a bad name and give guys a bad name. Yeah, that's true. But, 
I've had yeah, to get a few people kicked out too because of, you know, some people just, they, they do lurk. You're not allowed to stare at people, even though it's a club. Like if somebody says, I don't want to be watched, you're not allowed to stare at them. Like you have to move on. And so right? some people just feel so entitled to just jerk off around the club. And again, Oasis and yeah. other clubs do a great job of the security and keeping us all feel safe. But there's always a few people that just don't know, or like maybe they just make themselves a little too at home in these clubs. But I remember when I was when I was new a long time ago and I didn't know very many people in the club. I, I actually went to the club before the pandemic hit and I didn't have a circle of friends. Like I would mostly just go alone and that was my experience. Um, and so, you know, it was quite different before then. But I remember I used to go still on the big DTF nights and I would go and watch with the, with all of the men. Like I would be amongst the men, like, like I would stand out like a sore thumb, but I was a voyeur. And I remember feeling yeah. people like kind of rub their dick into my back, like to the point where I had to like, I moved away and then they kept coming at me and I had to turn around and ask someone not to hit me with their dick. Like, yeah, you shouldn't have to ask to not be hit with your dick. You know, that's yeah. touch without consent, even if it's the tip yeah. of your dick on my back. So, yeah, yeah, it was one of those kind of icky feelings, but the truth is you yeah. do you do have to feel empowered and uh, to, to protect your own body autonomy, you know? Yeah. And you have to be, and your partner, like, I, like if you want to hear another story, I think I told you before, but uh, how, so my one playmate and I, we were, we went to Oasis during the day for it to literally be quiet because neither of us like too many people around, right? I, I actually get very distracted. There's too many people around and I find it very concentrated. Anyways, so we went, it was very quiet. We went upstairs to play. Literally, we were the only people up there. Mm-hmm. So every single room, every single bed was empty. So we turn left into the first room and then go onto that mattress and we get into 69 and we're munching away on each other and having a grand old fucking time. Mm-hmm. Munching away. <laughs> and, uh, I hear, like, somebody walk in, like, a couple walk into the room, because I hear a man and woman fucking, and I hear them whispering, but I'm going, okay, we're just going to ignore them. Mm-hmm. There's everywhere else on the third floor to play. Hopefully they go away. All of a sudden, I literally feel the breeze. I feel my hair move, because they put their towel down right at my head. Mm. So his feet, my head. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. And so he looks up, I look up, and... They literally lie down right beside us, and we look at them and go, what are you doing? Yeah. And they're like, oh, we just we, we didn't want to interrupt you, but we wanted to play beside you. Da, da, da. And we're like, no. Yeah. No, we don't want to fight us. Uh, we didn't look up at you for a reason. We didn't invite you into our space. Yeah. It's one thing if you're playing places and there is no other space, and you kind of got to crawl into yeah. whatever space you can. Then I would still ask the couple if I can. Yeah. If they give me the attention, right? Yeah. But I was looked at them, and we literally said, "No, you need to go somewhere else." Yeah. And they walked away. And then, another, and then that same night, we were downstairs, and we were in the sauna, and uh, so he was sitting up, and then I was standing up, and then I was giving him a blowjob. And again, so my eyes are closed. I get in my zone. I don't hear anything, see anything, and I kind of hear the door open and close. I'm like, "Fine, anybody can come into the sauna." Then all of a sudden, I just hear, "Can I watch?" And I look up, and there's this fully clothed man, shoes and everything, like this. Can I watch? <laughs> and we both kind of look like, first of all, to me, anyways, don't interrupt. Yeah. If we see you, we don't say anything, yeah. you know, fine, sit and watch. Don't interrupt us. And second of all, so my partner looked at him and goes, dude, you're fully dressed 
in a sauna and you just interrupted us. No, you can't watch it. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, break it out. That's and you got out. Yeah. But yeah, those, those like, it's just uh, the entitlements, mm-hmm. the ignorance, the, you know, maybe the security needs to do a better job sometimes, or not necessarily people need to do a better job listening to what the security guards are saying yeah. or like the tour guides are saying. Right? Yeah, it's true. But, um, there's signs up recently because I was there yesterday at Oasis, mm. and there is a sign like at the dungeon saying like "Do not interrupt." Oh, that's Do not great. get too close. Yeah, that's so great. It's a very clear sign that people read because that's another thing I find is people will interrupt your scenes, yeah, or come in and start chatting about your head and stuff, and it's just like interrupting is a know. big issue. And like I've seen people like try interrupt to be asked to join, and I'm I'm not yeah. gonna like I, I I'm gonna keep it calm and even though you can imagine the fire burning in me right now because there's so much wrong with that you should never interrupt people fucking for any reason unless there's a fire and you need to let them know otherwise if you haven't been invited or caught their eye contact well you are shit out of luck and you better sit there and shut the fuck up and watch because it is so rude to interrupt somebody fucking to ask to be included especially if we don't even know you it is it happens all the time i notice on dtf nights and i want to almost pull these people aside and be like never do that again because it is never a good feeling because even when i run gangbangs if somebody comes up and starts speaking to me and it happens a lot people are like what's going on here whatever it it, i don't pick them because they have disrespected the scene so it's one of those things where this is a good etiquette moment to like teach people do not interrupt a scene. If you make eye contact with somebody yeah. and it, it looks like a different opportunity, maybe make some nonverbal signs. But if you ask somebody in the middle of sex to join them, you are really violating that ethical line there. Yeah. 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 Or in the middle of a BDS scene, you start talking to the to the dom about like, oh, what's this instrument? What's that? Because I've had that and I've had the dom engage in the conversation. Yeah while they're in the middle of my scene and I'm like, dude. Yeah, that's a good I point. I was just right there and then you just went through and I'm like, how about you tell those people and, you know, they can wait until after and then they can ask all the questions that they yeah. want, right? And that's a good point. Like, yeah. yeah, it's really, and yeah, I'm just, uh, that's the one issue that I have with the club again, and again, it's just me. Like, so even yesterday mm-hmm. I was with my, my new friend and he loves eating pussy and I love having my pussy eaten. So we went upstairs and I'm in my glory and he's in his glory. But the couple in the room across from us were in their own glory, but he was making her squirt, I guess, like G-spot squirt, but over and over and over again that she was screaming, crying almost, right? Like that mix between ecstasy and pain and joy and all that, which is a wonderful feeling and all that. But it went on for like five minutes and it really took me right out of my zone that I had to like stop him. Yeah. And be like, I, I can't concentrate on what you're doing right now. Yeah. And I only hear that. So yeah. sometimes that's, that's my one issue with being at the club or the one time um, my other friend and I were trying to play and they turned on the music mm. and they were blasting it. Yeah. When I'm having sex, audio, I need to hear what's going on with my partner. I want to hear their growling. I want to hear yeah. their moaning. I want to hear whatever I'm doing to them makes them feel good. You know, I want to hear it all. Yeah. And they were blasting the music. felt like going downstairs and being like, I know. Let me hear what my partner's doing. I need to know. (laughs) It's funny. It's uh, some of those, I remember once they played really sappy romantic music when I was there at the sex club. And I was like, fuck this man. Like, I don't, I'm not making love here. Yeah. 
Like, I'm a single girl. Like, who am I making love to? Um, anyway, right. <laughs> yeah, anyways. And the music really does a mood. Like, have you ever been, like, in the middle? I've been at M4, and they put on, like, I want to fuck you like an animal as mm-hmm. I was in the middle of a blowjob, and it's like, yeah, perfect beat, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> so you said something to me on the smoking patio the other day, and it made me smile, and I wanted to to share it on the podcast. So you, had, you are friends with Curly Vixen. And you had listened to her podcast about, you know, the gangbang that I had or orgy that I had helped run for her. Yes. And you gave me some great feedback and some great insights. And what, what was it that you felt after listening to that? Uh, I kind of felt like, oh, you know what? Maybe it is something that I could do. Um, it is one of my, one of my fantasies um, to have like whatever, five, seven guys um all around I really like the idea of the um blindfold because I think that would really because I am I am visual and just like I was like you know what I never thought about it like that like put on a blindfold kind of submit to I'm a sub but I'm not used to submitting to having all that pleasure on me and giving pleasure receiving pleasure and having it run by somebody that's trusted so it kind of made me give pause and go hmm Maybe that is something that I can explore one day with unicorn's help. <laughs> and isn't that wonderful that her sharing her story can create an opening of opportunity and possibility in the minds of listeners that think, well, wait a second, if I could have a safe experience and it was designed for my fantasy, what would I want? And right? so yeah. I encourage everyone who's listening to think about what it is that you would want if you had to run a unicorn, run one of your ideal fantasy scenes and you could have anything you want. And I love that you had said to me that listening to the podcast inspired your own ideas, because that is the whole point of what we're doing here. We're sharing our experiences. We're, we're vulnerably oversharing our lives so that people can feel a sense of uh, maybe that they could find themselves in this lifestyle, or maybe we're more relatable after we've, we've shown this. And so it's, uh, it's good. And I hope that your interview inspires people too, because there might be people who think, oh, I've got flabby skin and two, you know, two C-sections I'm never going to fit in. Well, maybe you just saying that specific sentence might let them feel like they can. So sometimes you don't know what it is that you're doing that can inspire people, but I promise you it will. I have seen this, this, uh, this podcast change people's lives and you're no exception. So thank you for sharing your story. Um, We're almost close to time, but I want to ask you two questions. Uh, One of them is if you could go back and like give advice to somebody who would be new to the club, the girl who had to drive the other side of the road when you first attempted to go, the one that was too scared to across the line what advice what knowledge would you go back and give that girl to make her more comfortable uh i would say that um that my knowledge is that people there are accepting you can walk into that place and be accepted for who you are uh there will be at least one person that will talk to you mm-hmm. um and bring you into the club like and enfold you into their group and all it takes is that one person yeah um, to care about you. It's kind of like what we teach parents. It takes one person to care about a child, that child will be successful. Yeah. It takes one person to care about you in the club and you can be successful. And the good news is, especially Oasis, they have staff there that are super fucking friendly and they're meant to be a warm, inviting oh, yeah. presence. So even if you don't have anyone to talk to, go talk to one of the staff members. They're friendly. Like, yeah. you know, you'll feel yeah. you'll feel at home. So um, the, the last question is something I'm going to start putting into most of my interviews. And you you were the first one. 
But something I've noticed with my podcast and my interviews is that when somebody puts something out into the universe that they want, they have been getting it. And this is an opportunity for you to say out loud to whoever is listening, including the world, what is something that you want to draw into your life next? What I want to draw into my life and is really is a, is a partner, actually, is really my goal right now. I'm, I am single and I'm enjoying being single. I'm enjoying playing, but I would really love to have one steady partner um, that can enjoy all the things that I enjoy together. And again, that may not be E&M or poly or whatever, because I don't know how I feel about that in a relationship. Yeah. Um, but just a partner that's on the same level as me and will enjoy embracing the family that yeah. I found at Oasis and M4. Okay, well, that's good. But, yeah, well put. I think one of the things that I think shocked me the most out of this lifestyle was that people do find love in it. I've seen it happen to my friends who came in, including a guy friend that was angry before about people who enjoy the lifestyle looking for love. Like, he's like, that's not what it's for. He's madly in love now to a girly man at the lifestyle club. And they're so happy together. And so it's one of those things where even the skeptical can find a partner and find love. And it is not wrong to think or, or want that. And, uh, and especially in a lifestyle club, because these people are fucking awesome. So maybe one of your future partners will just be in that pool of people, right? So metaphorically and physically. <laughs> Well, thank you, Peekaboo. Um, you have been in a few of my vlogs on YouTube. You have come to the X Club with us a few times. So if you wanted to see some of Peekaboo's adventures, you can check that out on YouTube. Look under the playlist called the X Club. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for hopefully another year full of new exciting things and more personal development. And, you know, if one year has done so much for you, I wonder what the next year will do. So, all right, yeah, stay tuned. Absolutely. Thanks. All right, bye. Bye.